Well, good morning, friends. I'm so glad you could be with me today as we continue to get into God's Word verse by verse in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We've recently begun looking at the book of Romans. We're now in chapter 1, and I want to read today these opening verses that we've been looking at and we're going to continue to look at over the next several days. Chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul, in these opening verses, has been explaining to us about the nature of the gospel itself. The word gospel is a translation of a Greek terminology meaning good news, good tidings. Of course, good news always implies there's bad news that's trying to be addressed by the good news. And of course, the bad news, as God's word reveals it to us, is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, separation from God. Then there's nothing that any person can do based on their own actions that ultimately solves the dilemma of sin. And therefore, God has created an answer to that dilemma, an answer to the accountability and separation from God due to that accountability that sin inevitably creates. That's the good news. And so in the good news, in the gospel, God is sharing this very positive, love-based message that there's a solution to the bad news of your life. Of course, one must accept the reality that they have bad news before they're interested in the good news. And as we'll see as the first chapter unfolds, God underscores for us how that bad news, in fact, infects the entire human race. Last time, we talked about the fact that this gospel, this good news, is something God had been speaking about and promising throughout the Old Testament, began to make clear was available was going to be available even in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3, and then all through the prophets, pointing us to the coming solution that would be centered on Jesus Christ. And that brings us to where we want to pick up our study today. Here's the fact. The gospel, the good news, is all about Jesus Christ. It's a good news, as it puts it here in Romans, concerning his son, the Lord Jesus. The gospel is a message intimately rooted in who Jesus Christ is and intimately rooted in why he came. After the resurrection, as Jesus, following the resurrection, was walking on the road to Emmaus, he met with some disciples who were discouraged with the fact of the crucifixion, the belief that that had brought all of the great hopes to a close. And in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, we read these words. And beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he interpreted to them in all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. You see it? 
Moses and all the prophets explained things about Jesus Christ that lay at the heart of this good news, of this gospel. In fact, he began that particular uh, discussion with those disciples going to Emmaus by saying, oh, don't you realize that this all had to happen? That the very Son of God had to be crucified and died and buried. Here's the point, brothers and sisters. If we don't really understand who Jesus is, and if we don't really understand why he came, it's impossible for us to make sense out of the good news, out of the gospel. Because the gospel, intimately woven into the person of Jesus Christ and what happened in his life, a gospel is about God's great solution to our sin problem. The gospel that is revealed in Jesus Christ that God has called for us to share with the world, this good news is not a message on how to feel better as far as your life is concerned. In other words, if you're feeling unhappy, this is how you can be happy. No, it's not, it's not a message about that, although there's implications for happiness in life tied to the gospel. And it's not a message on how to be successful in life, how to win friends and influence people, how to be prosperous. No, it's not a message about that. And brothers and sisters, let me make plain to you, the gospel, the good news, why Jesus came was not ultimately to foster peace and promote justice in the midst of a fallen sinful world. Although those that know him are in fact going to be peacemakers and are going to, within the spheres available to them, seek to foster justice. But the gospel is not about that. The gospel is about a solution to the deepest problem of humanity, which is not civil unrest. The deepest problem of humanity is sin and accountability before the God who is really there. And it is that that the gospel is all about. The gospel is rooted in these verses I read to you. The gospel is rooted in a message about Jesus Christ, who, he, who we're told here was the very Son of God. As God's Son, Jesus Christ was both true man and true God. We know of his humanity because this passage told us that he was actually born as a man in the Messianic line of David, in fulfillment of Old Testament prophetic promise. There is no gospel without a real Jesus, a real Jesus born in Bethlehem. You see, the gospel is about a Jesus who is real, not mythological, in space and time. He was one who entered this world, born, lived, died, rose again, ascended into heaven, and will be returning yet again. <laughs> the gospel is about a real person, Jesus Christ, born at Bethlehem in the line of David, a line represented by his parents. But the gospel is also about the fact that this one who was born in Bethlehem in the very line of the Messiah, the line of David, this one is one whose birth did not mark his beginning. His birth wasn't when he began. His birth was when he was revealed to us. 
when his humanity became evident and was manifest to human to the rest of humanity. No, no. That wasn't his beginning. We find in John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, these words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and in fact, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. <laughs> Later on in John chapter 1, verse 14, we read these words, And that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glories of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In other words, this one who was before the beginning, part of the very triune God, that one, that word, was made flesh to dwell among us. This one always existed as the very Son of God, the second person of the triune God. This Jesus we're talking about, central to the meaning of the gospel, is much more than a good teacher, much more than an example of self-sacrifice. He is the very Son of God, the God-man, as a result of the incarnation, the Word made flesh to dwell among us. This one lived and died and rose again to provide a solution to this problem of sin and accountability a problem that left all of us hopeless apart from God doing something. And make no mistake, this passage tells us that this gospel, this good news about this one, Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, the very Son of Man, this one was raised from the dead. This gospel, as it says, is concerning his Son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, then declared to be the very Son of God, empowered according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. <laughs> the Word was made flesh to dwell among us. He lived, and then he was killed in this world, and then he rose again. The cross and the empty tomb are central to the gospel. In fact, Bethlehem the stable... The cross and the empty tomb are crucial to the gospel message. That's why 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that the resurrection which capstoned his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, was truly the pivot point of history. That all of our faith and all of our hopes are futile if he had not been raised from the dead. The resurrection is central to what God has done. Only the resurrection itself was sufficient proof to us that Jesus Christ was who he claimed to be, the very Son of God. Well, more about this tomorrow. Join me as we continue in our study and seek to understand more of what this gospel is all about. God bless.